0: everybody what's happening this is v3cast episode number seven this is voyager 3's official podcast fellas what is going on this evening it's time
1: to rock and roll that's, all that's right
0: know. that's right you know, walk, time to talk walk, movies. walk over to the marshall stack turn it up to 11 and you'll be turn good it up to go to 11. yes <laughs> man there is so much stuff happening in our bubble and elsewhere i, I every time i i check the emails. There's more stuff happening. There's this sold out, this being added. And I'm looking online and I'm seeing a new trailer for films. I'm seeing that some people passed away. It's crazy. It's it, This is a really busy, like, two weeks, I would say.
1: Yeah, sure.
2: absolutely.
0: A lot oh, of good man. stuff coming out. Absolutely I'm excited. Right. Absolutely right. Hey, before we talk about any of that cool stuff, I got to know, what are y'all drinking, man?
2: Hey, man, you were hyping your pick up, so you go first this time.
0: Oh, okay. Well, you guys know how I love ginger beer, so tonight I have a ginger beer handy, and it's one of my go-to ones is Gosling's ginger beer. It's a very good one. It's very spicy, and I, I really dig it. It's on uh, – I kind of have a little bit of a list. Do you guys want to hear my little hierarchy list of ginger beer?
2: Of course. Top, top 10. It's, it's kind of fun. Top so, 20 ginger beers. Steve. Top, <laughs> top 20?
0: Oh, my God um well (laughs) this list has a little bit of an asterisk and i'll tell you why that is is because there's one that's my absolute favorite but you can't buy it like in stores it's only at this place in la uh, in um, new orleans and it's called Hoo's ginger brew and it is by far the best one of any ginger beer i've had so that's my favorite one but you can't really count that because you can only get it at one place it's on tap um at that place so besides that my uh my number one favorite ginger beer that you can get normally around in in stores is called cock and bull it's really good stuff it's Uh, really spicy steve hey
1: you can't can't just breeze past that name (laughs) right hey
0: you can't say that (laughs) yeah this is a
1: adult podcast that's right
0: oh it's really As good you, super spicy so, I think it might so be and Costco drinking tonight nope nope I, you have to go to Costco to get that I believe um because the, the the couple times I've had it it was it was bought for me so I never actually picked it up myself and every every store I go to around where I live nobody has it so I, I think it might be Costco what um,
1: is it what's the label look like
0: it's very simple <laughs> it's like an all-black can and it's just kind of a simple Font written out, and I think it's just the, the, the uh, outline of the font. There's no.
1: They don't have any like big picture on there or anything. Nope. Like nice drawing. <laughs>
0: or right. Aaron's fishing. Yeah.
1: yeah. What are
0: you getting at, man? <laughs> so um, I want to
1: see what was drawing you to it so so strongly.
0: Uh, the 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 heat of the ginger root. Gotcha. Okay. Yes, indeed. All right. Um then uh after that is uh goslings pretty much um but although q is right up there with it um q is around they make tonic water too and uh what else do they make i think a ginger ale um and a ginger beer really good um and then goslings is right up there and believe it or not that uh that one from australia in the orange can with the really odd top like it's it's a pull tab but nothing like we have here in the states because it's from australia and that's uh Bundaroo or something like that. That that's a good one. So uh, yep. Tonight so sh- I got Goslings. Cheers. So,
2: so shout out to uh, hoo hoo's.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, man. And the co- next time I go to hoo-hoo's. New Orleans, hoo hoo's
2: and cockerels.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly.
2: <laughs> right.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. If you totally. need to know
2: your ginger beer. It should be easy to
1: remember.
0: That's right. Oh yeah, and in the practice space, there's there's the Australian stuff in there. So. Thank you, guys. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. That's what I was wondering if I got that one that was your favorite, but I got at least it's in your top three or four.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, they're all good, man, for sure. Cool, cool. All
1: right, Greg. Um,
0: Greg right. said he prepared this time. He really dialed in, and he he knows what what's going on tonight. So I got I got well, to know.
2: You, <laughs> you guys like to rake me over the coals if I don't have all the info. Yeah. So yep, that,
0: that's right. It should come as no,
2: no, <laughs> no surprise. It's another three Floyds. This one's called the fifty, the fifty dollar, fifty million dollar man.
0: Cool. Nice man. The artwork on your cans is always just spectacular. And yeah, w- when you drink that, does it go da 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 da? I think it does.
2: I think it does. So nice. it's a double IPA, nine percent ABV, pretty high. And it's only available January through March, so
0: oh, it's a seasonal one. Okay,
2: you can find it. The Fifty million dollar man,
1: sweet, it's, it's good. good artwork. I know what you got, Aaron. Old standby here, Old Faithful Modelo. Oh yeah, it's always hard to get the glare off, but hopefully people can dig that. Yeah, Modelo, it goes down smooth. That's my slogan for it. There if i go. were to ever do a commercial for them that's what i would say and of All course right? you know
0: every time you guys drink that at rehearsal you always have the uh glass bottle with the foil on the yeah. top and i always refer to that as your bartles and james because it just totally looks like a bartles and james <laughs> bottle from you know the late 80s or something right
1: <laughs> well that you know that the bottle is great and it looks super cool and fancy the only problem is when you're drinking it you have to like yeah, get those little pieces bottle. of yeah, because you yeah. don't want that on your mouth. Your mouth doesn't yeah. want anything to do with foil. Ever. No, I, like, uh, yeah, definitely not. Yeah, you got not. foil between your teeth, you
0: know? No, that's no not fun.
1: So. That's yeah. why the cans come in handy, because when you don't want to get super fancy and, and prove yourself to all your friends, you can just get the can and you have the good, great taste of Modelo, but the simplicity of just flipping it up. There. Just
0: the pop top, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what's up the with that? They have to figure out how to way to make the the look of the foil but without it getting all over your your lips and gums and stuff, man. That's no fun.
1: <laughs> right. It's got to like it's got to come off easier. That's all. Just make it not so sticky.
0: Put a perf make on there. A, come on. Put a, put a what? Put one perf all the way around it and then it's ripped exactly. right off. It's good to go.
1: Perfect. Modello, <laughs> listen to us. We love your stuff, but we don't want foil in our on our lips.
0: I know, man. That's yeah. That's no good. Cheers. We got a lot of topics to cover, so uh, let's stay on point, Greg. <laughs> okay. I'm here to derail progress. Topic number one. Are you ready? I couldn't yes. believe yeah. when I saw this on YouTube, and I think did Greg text it? I can't remember. I did. Yeah, Greg See? texted it. I um, help. I contribute. Dario Argento has a new. Film coming out and it's called Occhiali Neri, which is the black glasses. But I'm gonna call it Occhiali Neri all night because I, I, I love the will. Italian language and the films from that era. That that's my jam. So when um,
1: when we whenever we're talking about Italian movies, as as you'll see in a couple minutes, uh, I'll always refer to it say as like you know uh, Beyond the Darkness, and Steve will go, Oh, you mean Buio Omega, and he he loves to <laughs> keep it. Legit- I can't
0: help it, man. I can't help
1: it. You'll <laughs> <laughs> always call it by the Italian name. Respect.
0: Ocalinetti comes out soon. Um, it's already got some festivals overseas, um, like a German film festival and a couple of others. I, I watched the trailer. I, I watched the um, Italian trailer and the one with uh, English subtitles. And to me, it looks absolutely fantastic like exactly what you would expect um kind of old school dario argento to, to be it's it's brutal and it has a you know an attempted murder right off the bat and the lady loses her sight because of this attempted murder so she's blind now they, they always do stuff like that in the in, in those uh, 70s Great. movies bring it man i love it um the uh the star is uh uh elenia pastorelli um she's an italian actress that believe it or not has only been acting since 2016. um so this is um another film she's in um and i like the music that's um Robatini. And of course, of course it
1: has it has his daughter oh yeah a- age is in there
0: for sure she's uh you can't, you can't not you can't have make her in a there.
1: move without asia argento she's the best
0: there you go right right um i don't think i saw her in the trailer though so they must be yeah. holding holding back is she in the trailer She's in the trailer. Okay, she's the one it. who's
1: describing when she says, "What can you see?" And she's like, "Well, there's people playing over there, and there's a van over there." And she goes, "A van?
0: Yeah, the white van. Yeah, the yes. white van." So, <laughs> gotcha. Oh, cool, man. Yeah. Um, it just looks to me just like what you'd want to have from Dario Argento, and I have a, like a little suspicion as maybe to why. Well, two reasons actually. The first one is that this is a film that was uh, written in 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 2002. But it, uh, it didn't end up getting made because the, the producer he was working with, Dario Argento, was working with at the time, um, his company went bankrupt. So it, uh, it kind of got shelved, basically. And then uh, Asia was writing her book that's out now, I believe. Uh, but she was writing it probably like during COVID time. And she discovered the script and, and kind of brought it back to life and you know, probably, probably brought it back to her father and said, hey, what about this or whatever, something like that. And now it's uh it's it's been made so uh and it's a completely italian production instead of sometimes i feel like sometimes his maybe late 90s or early 2000s films had like american money and production thrown in at it and i think that americans want a different kind of a film nowadays from dire Argento. so he's probably like having to like tug a war and push and pull with like the american control part of it wanting it to appeal to american audiences and you know what what he does is its own thing you know so the fact that this is an entirely italian production from what i understand i think that's a good thing yeah
1: that can only be a good thing for sure yeah authentic yeah
2: what what a time to be alive yeah there are some movies come on man
1: I
0: know. I believe it said he's 81 years old and still making films. Man, keep on going. Do it to yep. it. That's what I say. As long as it's fun for him, <clears throat> please do, because we love it. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Even a not-so-good Dario Argento movie is still okay with me. You know, I mean, yep. bring it. Absolutely. <clears throat> and uh, one other tidbit I read is uh, I don't know how much of a, of a theatrical release it's going to get. It's kind of not really said right now on some of the articles that I've searched but uh shutter picked up the exclusive streaming rights so whenever it does go to streaming you can watch it on shutter so that's really cool because that's you know everybody who subscribed can watch it and you can subscribe anytime you want to so it's not like there's a you know a a barrier to see this film once it's on streaming so very cool i've been 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 telling
1: you guys i've been on the fence with shutter for months now and i think that'll be what tips me over same same Yeah.
0: And then speaking of Dario Argento, I was going to ask you guys to give me like a couple of your favorite films of his, because I mean, his career spans so long and he has so many different films covering a lot of different ground. Uh, What's a couple that really, really resonate with you? Um,
1: I would say Inferno, definitely Inferno. Um, I remember I was watching that movie uh, for the first time and when there's a scene in the, in the early in the movie where the woman has a reason to go down to the basement of this apartment building she's living in. And the basement is just like uh, a band. It looks like an abandoned building, but the, the, the building is functional, but the basement is all, all gnarly. And it's also flooded. So like, it's like going down into the sub basement. It's there's, it's just, completely flooded and, and uh the the water comes up into part of the the basement of this building and she she goes down there she's looking around she's trying to find out how how deep this this flood goes or how what what's down there in that other level and her her necklace falls off and goes into the water and in my head i'm watching this for the first time and i'm going well she's definitely not going to go into the water right i mean she's <laughs> in this like creepy basement and there's nobody around but she does and i and right when she went in i was like okay this movie is just like a dream there's no real logic there's no there's nothing that's supposed to be realistic about it it's it's what would happen if your if your subconscious mind took over as far as storytelling and then she goes into that water and it's just the most surreal moment one of the most surreal moments i've ever seen in a movie so i fell in love with the movie instantly then and the whole movie is great it's gory it's weird most of it doesn't make much sense which is great it's like a nightmare watching a nightmare um also of course Suspiria. i love suspiria that's the first argento movie i ever saw um john or our old guitarist introduced us our old guitarist from our old band forge introduced us to um to uh suspiria and i love that But another one that's kind of, um, it's not, I I wouldn't say it's as good as these other two, but I love it still, um, The Bird with the Crystal Plumage, because I saw like a scene from that when I was a little kid and didn't know what it was and didn't know what part of the movie it was or anything about it, but it was so creepy. And uh, I always wondered what that was for years, for decades actually. And then one day I was watching that movie a few years ago and it gets to the end of the movie and uh and i'm like oh my god this is that scene it it has to do with that sort of how he's able to look into that what looks like a dollhouse like the open room house you know what i mean
0: yeah yeah
1: where he sees a murder in there right
0: yeah it's like an art gallery and the guy's looking through the plate glass window and he's like he can't do anything he's like right frozen you know I think he's even hitting the glass, I think. And uh, yeah, it just doesn't work. They can't hear him or whatever. Yeah. It's awesome.
1: And then at the end they go back to that, that place. And that's where that scene takes place where, where the person's trying to kill him. And I'm like, Oh my God, this is that movie from when I was like eight years old. And uh, so it was really cool to, to discover that. And that's, so those are my top three.
0: Nice. Nice. I'm so glad that you mentioned Uh, The Bird with the Crystal Plumage, because that's actually one of mine as well. And that was his first film. So what a way to start, you know, super uh, mysterious. And that was like really when, like, that's like the dictionary definition of a giallo. It's like, you know, who did this? And you spend the whole film trying to figure it out. And slowly but surely, different people get X'd off the list. Well, it can't be them. You know, it's Mm -hmm. just really super awesome. And yeah, that whole sequence was filmed so masterfully so tense some of it is like uh you know it it feels like you're deprived of a sense because you can't or the character can't uh communicate so you you feel that same way and and it's just kind of like jarring and just you know closing off a sense it's really really super cool yeah i would say that uh suspiria for me as well because it's just it it really is like a a a nightmare where you just kind of go through these different chapters of the story and it, it is like a dream because it's not like super cohesive. And, and I believe that's by design. I think he wants it to be uh, disorienting and just weird. And the colors, of, I mean, I think everybody comments about the colors in most of his films, but Suspiria in particular, it's just so gorgeous to look at. I remember when we when we uh, filmed Oguantonera, I was just trying to kind of do things along those lines uh, as much as I could with the small amount of lights that we had to work with. And being outside, it was difficult to light outside that way, but we tried our best.
1: <laughs> yeah, we did. We That's definitely uh, ripped him off a little bit, for sure.
0: <laughs> Greg, how about you, man?
1: Yeah, you know, so for me, it's the
2: same as you guys, pretty much. I mean, I'm, I'll throw a Tenebrae in there, and I'll throw Phenomena in there just for the star power. Right. You know, you watch you watch uh, Phenomena. It's got Jennifer Connelly and Donald Pleasance, you know. right. It's nice to see Donald Pleasance in a role that is in Halloween, you know, so. Totally like true. Escape from New York.
0: Yeah, he didn't get a ton of American <clears throat> actors in his film. So when he did, it definitely stood out. So that, that is pretty cool.
2: But the thing the thing that I want to stress that you guys didn't touch on is, the, th- you know, along with the lights and the way that those films look, the other thing that defines them is Goblin.
0: Oh, 100%. And, yeah.
2: And part of the reason I chose the three that I did is because of the music for those three Yeah. in particular, for me, are, are three of the better goblin scores. You know, I can, uh, I can go back to those over and over and just never get tired of them. So. Yeah.
0: The line that, uh, Pignatelli plays on, on the title track to, to, to Tenebrae is just absolutely fantastic. It actually came on my yeah. Spotify today when I was driving around and, there's like a little bit of a chorus on the bass and or a little bit of like a slapback, but a ping pong slapback echo on it or something like that, because what, it's such a stereo sounding bass when typically a, a bass is very mono, uh, standardly anyway. So w- when he plays that riff, you can hear it bouncing around in both ears. It really makes that yep. stand out for sure. It's a very cool trick to, to do on that track speaking of Goblin and Dario Argento and Asia Argento we definitely have to um give maximum uh tribute and credit to uh Daria Nicolodi who uh passed away in 2020. that's uh uh Dario Argento's partner from uh 1974 to 1985 and it's uh Asia Argento's mom however she was the one who discovered Goblin um I I don't know exactly how it happened but you know maybe they played live around where she lived or something like that and she discovered that band and she was the one who took them to dario argento or or said to dario you have to you know use this in in, in your films so that was the beginning of kind of the link up of all of that whole thing which is now legendary historic uh you know we would be doing a different kind of music if uh, if that didn't exist so uh she gets a lot of credit for sure that's awesome
2: so so she's the Curtis Spieler of that generation. Is that what you're saying?
0: <laughs> I suppose so, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you know, she's been in a handful of his films too. Um, and other ones, like uh, a classic that I love is uh, Shock. She's the main character in uh, in Shock. That's uh, not Argento, but super excellent, kind of a supernatural horror film with a absolutely phenomenal soundtrack. Um, by a band called Libra, which has a couple people from Goblin. Um, uh, Maurizio Guarini from Goblin was in there. I even think maybe Fabio Frizzi was in Libra. It's kind of like a mashup of a lot of those names of that uh, of that time. Like maybe um, Gasolini maybe was in there too. I, I'd have to look it up, but um, Libra was kind of like a, a mashup of a bunch of those famous Italian musicians, and they produced... Um, the soundtrack for for shock. It was really, it's really super cool and and like heady. I think it's kind of um, Italian soundtrack, uh, psychedelic sort of. It's really cool. Okay, so for our next topic, I thought this was cool. This comes up in my head quite often, so I thought let's ask the guys and even our viewers because uh, I want to know if you guys know of any cool ones. But my my uh, question to you is, give me two completely unsung or underappreciated scenes or monologues from any film that you like, any era. Greg, you go first.
2: <laughs> All right. So when you sent me the itinerary, you said underrated scenes or montages. So I'm sticking to montage <laughs> and the best <laughs> montage that was ever filmed is in a seek the fourth sequel to a movie <laughs> so i'm gonna go ahead and say that it has to be underrated because it's in the fourth movie and that's rocky four training montage
0: oh yeah absolutely the whole, dy- Top notch.
2: the whole dynamic between the steroid guy and working out in nature and then you've got russia versus the united states and then that score
0: you oh, yeah. know it's Vince cola come on now
2: Vince yeah. cola it's just ridiculous <laughs> it's the best it's the best training montage ever and uh I don't know if it's underrated or unsung or underappreciated because I hold it in such high regard right. that I can't imagine it, it is but well I it might it
0: might be in comparison to like Rocky 1 or 2 <clears throat> perhaps maybe I don't know but, but if, yeah
2: if I ask my mom if the the original rocky training montage was better than rocky 4 I'm, I'm pretty sure she'd say the original right you now. know so i think if you ask the normal person but for me it's rocky 4 stallone has got that beard yeah yeah oh yeah come on man he's like <laughs> you're messing messing with the kgb getting them to like crash their bmw
0: it's yeah if you ever feel down about yourself or sorry for yourself and uh, and uh you know you're not sure if you can get out of bed today and and, and do what you got to do watch that yeah. and Put and, that and, and kick the rest of the day right in the ass <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. okay so Aaron, how about you man
1: well it was hard for me to come up with something that really um really followed the rules because i felt like any scene or any montage or whatever that i came up with was stuff that was well known as being great and i couldn't really think of anything unsung or underrated but what i did do is i approached it sort of i mean from a different angle but it's sort of the same thing so i thought of two underrated movies and like my favorite scene in each one right so on. i think the scene would have to be underrated because the movie is underrated makes sense and they're underrated in a weird way because both of them are movies that are popular both of them are overshadowed by their sequels so first i have terminator which you know um is one of my favorite movies of all time terminator 2 kind of takes a lot of glory because of the special effects yeah and um but terminator 2 is really just a remake of terminator 1 And i've I love always terminator said that 2, yeah. anyway. um but terminator 1 beats everything to me um so you know, yeah to to <laughs> take you know so the scene i'm talking about is it At the end when they've just gone through this crazy uh truck chase and kyle reese is is injured he's barely alive he's barely able to walk he's 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 totally messed up and she's desperate she has to keep him moving now this is the guy who saved her lives kept her kept her living protected her for the whole movie but he's still just a man he's still about to check out and she has to dig in deep and be become what she's meant to be which she would have never thought she was capable of you have this woman who was a just a cute waitress in the beginning uh, like like a night ago right for for the timeline of the movie it was like a night or two (laughs) right and she has to transform into this woman who is going to not only give birth to like the, the savior of you know humankind but also she has to be able to make him into that savior she has to be a tough woman so that 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 earlier self of her she has to shed it and when is she gonna do it is she gonna do it uh after the movie is over or is she gonna start doing it during the movie and so when he's like barely able to move and and she's like come on come on let's go and then she finally just thinks about it for a second she goes on your feet soldier and yeah. she starts barking commands at him. I'm like, oh motherfucker, now we're talking. This is the <laughs> woman here. And uh and she gets him because that's what breaks through with all of his training and all of his experience. And that's what motivates him and gets him back up. And then now she's protecting him. And now she's the one who who has to save herself. And and uh after he's done everything to keep her alive, and she's the one who who kills the bad guy, and that's amazing. So that scene when they're when they're on their way to the uh into the into that industrial plant um man that does it as soon
0: as we're finished with this uh podcast i'm watching terminator god right right
1: and then the other one is the same kind of thing it's mad max because um you know in in america we didn't know mad max first we knew road warrior when i was a little kid i was watching road warrior and it was one of the most amazing things i'd ever seen my dad you know my dad loved it and i loved it and then a couple of years later i'm watching you know channel 50 or something and and there's mad there's mad max and i'm like well wait what is this is this the same story is this the same guy he looks younger why does he have a family when did and as a like an eight-year-old you don't understand that necessarily the timeline going right. on and, and you you have to figure it out like oh wait no this is before that one so you know, it was huge in Australia, but not in America until time went by. And so uh, Mad Max, I feel, is an underrated movie. Um, Road Warrior is amazing, but Mad Max, you couldn't have Road Warrior without Mad Max to show why he became that guy and how everything he lost, losing his family and everything. And, and the, the idea of these police officers trying, holding on by a thread to maintain this this order this last vestige of society before, I mean, as, as the world is crumbling yeah. and uh, I always assumed kind of, they don't really make it explicit, but I also always assumed that nuclear war was happening in other parts of the world, but it hadn't gotten to Australia yet. That's what and, I thought too. Yeah. And, uh, so these guys are trying to maintain order and it's a losing battle, right? So right in the beginning you have the, the night rider and he's, he's tearing through this, the countryside on this road and all the, all the, uh, the main force patrol are trying to stop him. They're all failing miserably, but he's making his way out farther and farther away. And as soon as, you know, as soon as he gets into Max's territory, it's it's going to be shut down. So the way they introduce Max, little bits, you know, showing his jacket, showing the side of his face, showing him like out on the side of his car, hearing the radio, not really engaging with anything. And then finally, when he gets into that, that car and peels off down the road i mean when he goes into that chase the night rider starts crying and he he had just been like the most evil tough dude for the last like 10 minutes for that chase and now he knows he's all done because the interceptor has just entered the the fray and then they still don't even show max's face until that crash and he runs out of the car and the d does that that george miller um Mm -hmm zoom close in. up yeah you know uh, that style that's kind of sped up close up and then he's there and then so that so that introduction of max that whole first chase scene in mad max i would say uh is one of my favorite scenes ever i mean we could do this all night though there's a right though i'll go with those two.
0: Oh, that's great those are two really good ones for sure that all that makes sense to me the whole logic of why you chose it very cool these are two of mine that uh I've kind of had in the back of my head for quite a long time um the first one is uh um scrooged 1988 bill murray starring Hmm. of course um i was not expecting that
2: was anybody (laughs) expecting that no i wasn't expecting scrooged
0: no Well, okay it wasn't just me then there's this crazy part that you know if you if you think about it it doesn't even really need to be into in the film at all um the only thing that it does really is give you a little more weight when when uh, Bill Murray's character finds that homeless guy frozen um, under under the sidewalk area, whatever you know, kind of toward the third act, or just before the third act, I guess. Um, but still, it, it's just a random to me scene that uh, it's it's just weird that it's there. But the fact that it's there makes it absolutely just fantastic in in the film but it's where the two um the the it's actually three homeless people for some reason they uh they mistake bill murray for richard burton for some reason they think he looks like him so they keep calling him dick because they they feel like they know richard burton enough to call him dick so so they start asking him to recite you know some famous lines uh from so, from his film so <laughs> bill murray starts doing the impersonation of richard burton and he's like uh um you know uh four you know the, the fall of Japs uh, by the i Foursquare. <laughs> do you remember that <laughs> so good Sorry. man it's and, been a long time. and while he's doing that that impersonation they cut to the three homeless people uh which is one of them is the lady from you know the mom from goonies and the mom from Thor mama from the train I forgot her name but she's phenomenally funny
1: yeah she's um great.
0: the the two guys like kind of fall on each other and they're like oh it's just so good I can't believe we're here we get to hear this right now it's so wonderful this <laughs> is the way they deliver that acting yeah. and everything it's absolutely fantastic so for years and years and years I didn't even know what in the hell that was I didn't know who Richard Burton was I, n- I never saw Cleopatra um etc. cetera et cetera so I don't know, five, six, seven years ago, I finally, want one Christmas, because I usually watch it every Christmas, I finally stopped, and I'm like, I researched, what in the hell is this? And I found out the whole thing of it, and so then I'm like, well, let me Google, see if, if there's a scene of Cleopatra, and there is, and it's that, and it's like a famous part in Cleopatra that he's delivering the line, and... and I'll be damned if, if uh, Bill Murray didn't just nail that, that impersonation. He, he nails it. It sounds just like him. <laughs> so nice. it's really cool. I've, and I've always loved that scene. Like I say, even when I was a little kid and didn't know the, the joke of it or the texture background of it, now now I do. And it's even better. <laughs> he That's <nailed> awesome.
1: It. <laughs> I need to see that one again. It's been a long time.
0: Yeah. He's Bill Murray, man. I know. I know. Don't doubt him. Don't doubt him at all. He'll He'll surprise you and bust out. You know this, they'll show
2: up at your wedding
0: that's true right. too yeah <laughs> absolutely okay so my uh my other pick for a uh underrated or unsung uh scene or or monologue to me i i think uh this really should have gotten like some kind of a, um nod in some kind of an award honestly i mean to me it's like screenwriting and Acting de- delivering at its absolute best, but uh, in George Romero's *Day of the Dead* (1985), um, the character of John or Flyboy, played by uh, Terry Alexander, uh, who is a Detroiter by the way, um, the you know the guy with the Jamaican accent. In case you're not super familiar with the film, not you guys, the listeners, <laughs> but uh, he uh, he delivers this monologue basically in uh, it's about halfway through the film, roughly and uh it's where um the, the the lead character kind of finds those guys out back they have this kind of like little oasis set up with like uh putting green roll-up grass and uh Christmas lights hanging up and the it's kind of like behind their little RV trailer and it's like a very nice little paradise some Adirondack chairs and all that kind of stuff and they all split or they all like have a drink Um, and they're kind of talking about what's going on. And the whole part that uh, Terry Alexander's character delivers, talking about, you know, we have books and records um, for every major storm and uh, microfiche of tax returns and newspaper stories and immigration records and census reports and all this kind of stuff. And, uh, and, And he's trying to, you know, illustrate the point of, how we, we think we have control and measurements and uh, a handle on everything. Um, and he goes, uh, n- now does any of that matter? Um, because all this place is is a, uh, you know, a giant 14-mile uh, tombstone, 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 that echoes and everything. And you can hear a couple zombies, you know, roar in the background. I, that, you know, I, I don't want to read it, or, or, and I don't know it by heart, but um, the next time you watch Day of the Dead... Pay attention to that little sequence, and I I feel like that is one of the best performances you'll ever see. Um, sincerely delivered, uh, elegantly delivered, great writing to deliver is just and and it also kind of pinpoints and and culminates really of all of George and Merrill's dead films really all of them really it really nails the whole like essence of that. It's it's that to me the absolutely spectacular and John Harrison's score behind that really mellows down and and uh, really illustrates and and helps support that whole vibe it's excellent now we do have to say too if you out there have a unsung underrated scene or monologue in a film let us know in the comments as uh Aaron checks those comments and then he texts us to uh to check them out
1: yes yes ask us if you feel like asking us a question or pointing out some cool stuff that we should have uh, talked about or whatever, let us know.
0: Right, or if we messed up a fact or something, because you know.
1: Yeah. Or if I recommend
2: a movie that shit,
0: feel free to <laughs> point
2: that out. Right.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> oh, you know
2: my taste is questionable.
0: Questionable at best. At best. At best. I, I know. Okay, so now we're gonna we gonna take care of some Voyager Three news there's a whole lot happening in our bubble right now because of New York Ninja um, we just got word a couple nights ago that the uh, the mondo variant of New York Ninja soundtrack on vinyl sold out that was the one that was like orange and green kind of swirl um, yep. <clears throat> that's gone now so 500 copies hopefully y'all got that thank you yeah thank you very much and uh vinegar syndromes variant which was like a uh, white and silver splatter that sold out that sold out in like a day because of that that's the huge sale that they do yeah like I Black think that Friday. sold
2: out on like New Year's like oh, almost right. immediately.
0: yeah yeah so but the to just today uh death Waltz posted on their Instagram that there's a repress already in the works right now so sit tight if you if you missed out you'll be able to get something soon whatever that ends up being we'll we'll have to see that leads us to our other part of of, of our news is that we put a, another cassette out because both of the two cassettes that we put out already sold out there was a red which we called vengeance red the cassette was red tinted and the back part of the case matched that red tint then there was plutonium killer green cassette which is like a lime fluorescent green cassette and the back part of the case matched that color too those are all gone so we came up with uh shuriken silver so the cassette is like a kind of a pearlized silver grayish and the back of the case matches that too we're very coordinated that way (laughs) so that's on sale now
2: i think this one was my idea right so this is my redemption for the
1: the bad trucker hat idea that i had (laughs) greg it wasn't a bad idea the trucker hats are great we can't Uh, we can't help it if people don't want to wear the trucker hats they're great hats right. i wear it it is a great hat it are is. they still available
0: they are yeah of course. It, it's a it's a Pong <laughs> hat and everything um it's yeah, exactly man, they're what it available should be.
1: they're out there but they're going fast
0: right right on those hang, trucker hats.
1: yeah yeah I, hang on.
0: I literally think there's like 15 left 12 or 15. That's not that and
1: right. they say voyager 3 right across them in red yeah. letters Scary Very orange. See, so you don't even is know. It, that's orange? why they
2: don't that's why they don't sell Aaron, because you're not committed.
1: You sure it's orange?
2: <laughs> Coffee is for closers, yes. It's I a get, black hat with red and orange. orange
1: mixed up all the time. It's a black yeah, hat with our, orange Our winter print.
0: beanie of for the war mask era. That's a red stitch in the uh, in the black beanie, that's which is also a top. Yupong beanie too. And there's only the two one. of those left two oh, more mask them. beanies yeah.
2: i knew we had a red hat red Man, the trucker hats. hats came out around halloween that's why we went with orange
0: that's right and see we try to them. be we try to be coordinated man yeah somehow <laughs> somehow those trucker hats were a dud i don't understand why but hey
1: yeah you know, come on maybe, man there's maybe no the no time for trucker taste. hats is kind of more in the uh early 2000s is that the case no no i don't, no, know. I don't, don't think sure. that's true they're still popular I'm, I'm calling on everybody who
2: listens to this podcast to prove these guys wrong and buy a hat.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's the, hat the, the, the hat was my idea, and I've been paying for it ever since.
0: Okay, well, check this out then. See, we can play fun games like this because this is our podcast and this is our yeah, band. So this is our band. Because Greg brought this up. Hit him, Steve. Greg, make up a promo code right now. You know, that's a, a little a little word or something, and we're going to No one's gonna know about this promo code except for people who listen to this podcast. So we're gonna we're gonna do. um, uh, How about how about we go crazy and we do like make it twenty percent off, fifty half price, man, half price. So Greg, what's the the, code? uh,
1: Twenty. Make the code twenty characters long though.
0: (laughs) So yeah, you're like, oh, what was that? Oh my god. Yeah, make Uh, it,
1: make it, make it that. Okay, R R R. Okay, hold on, I gotta write this down.
0: R R R A A A U G H U G H. We don't gotcha. need the
1: exclamation points.
0: No, no exclamation yeah. points. So right, yeah, no it's, exclamation? it's Greg's. Well, yeah, you know what? We might as well because they're on there. You know what I mean? We'll do All exactly right. what the visual looks like. So the two of them. Greg has the old school. That's a fright rags, right?
2: Fright rags.
0: Yeah, an old school fright rags creep show shirt of the crate, and we're talking about the. Uh, the word bubble caption uh of, uh of of the crate monster and it's r-r-r-a-a-a-u-g-h two exclamation marks after that so if you Isn't enter it? in that promo code right. when you buy the hats after this uh this podcast airs it's half off and nobody else knows about it it's our little secret bam bam
2: all right hey, that's so fun because
0: we, we just made that shit up right now because we can what do we that can do? The last part of our news is we are returning to the stage and we have some shows booked. We're also returning to conventions, uh, in the warm weather months. So we're super excited because both of these conventions we've been to before and we absolutely love them. The first one coming up in April, it's April 22nd through the 24th. Um, at Burton Manor in Livonia, Michigan, it is Astronomicon Five, uh, put on by our buds Twisted. They do such a good job of putting on a festival um, or a convention. It, it, it's unbelievable. It's such a good time. They have the best guests. There's you know who's going to be there? I've, I've been good seeing the, the the listings every day come up on in the that um, castle. That's right, the original shape.
2: Original shape. From Halloween, man. I'm bringing my, uh, bringing my repress of that.
0: Yes. I'm gonna and, keep uh, it with me. Bill Mosley. Keep, keep it with me, Aaron. I don't you. blame you, man. you am keep feel. it right with me. There's a bunch of wrestlers there, too. Like the, um,
2: did anybody uh, see us stand in those positions when we
1: were in LA where Nick Castle stood? Yeah, by the head. Yeah. yeah, that's Check right. Check out our Instagram. Yeah, you better have seen that. Yeah, we didn't post those pictures so you could not see them. Yeah, exactly. We, <laughs> we, we hit go some through fun all that for
0: historical spots, man.
1: We didn't fly all the way out to California to take pictures of historic <laughs> movie sites so you could ignore it.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. exactly.
1: That's, That's exactly right.
0: right. <laughs> so yeah, come the, out
1: Remember the Faltergeist house? That lady that was, was like,
0: oh,
2: yelling yeah. at
1: us. <laughs> yeah, we were. We were. It's the three of us strangers in this little cul-de-sac. Wearing all black, the house, and we're like going like, okay, I'm pretty sure it's the house. Um, the the tree is bigger, you know, and and there weren't these bushes here, but that looks like the house, and we're really digging it. But I mean, it just looks like any regular house in this subdivision. And this woman pulls up, and she goes, "What are you guys doing?" And we go, "We're looking at the house." <laughs> Right, and she goes, and and I think I oh, I think I think I said something like, "You probably know why, right?" Yeah,
0: you did say that. And she goes,
1: "Not really," and we're and then we were like, "Well, (laughs) "Well, fuck you, then don't ask us." (laughs) And and then it turned out she like went up to the porch and like put something on the porch or took something out. Like she's a neighbor; it wasn't even her house. So.
0: I think it was like a Facebook Marketplace pickup. She probably PayPal from the Poltergeist yeah. house. That well, was the PayPal money? And then and it was then an grab the old book or something, whatever it was.
1: <laughs> I think I think we had more of a right to ask her what she's doing there when she's going and taking stuff off the porch. That's right. We're standing out on the street looking at this house in admiration because you know. of uh, four decades of movie history. And yeah, she's asking and not, us what we're doing here. Right? You she, better do some research. She was probably and know stealing. What this house means to people. That's yeah, what I'm saying.
0: She was stealing the UPS yeah. box in there because she thought it was an iPhone or something. <laughs> and,
1: and not for nothing, but
2: Simi oh. Valley is not that close to LA. <laughs> Remember how far we drove to get out there? And you guys are kind of like, seriously, Greg? Like, <laughs> <laughs> we're like way out there. And I was like, well, I mean, in a roundabout way. If you go the long way, this is kind of on the way to
1: the theater where New York Ninjas show. <laughs> uh, it was. I got no complaints being out there. You—that was where they probably filmed about a hundred movies. It was a great trip. Nice, great.
2: All right, it worked out. So check our right? Instagram for those pictures. But Nick Castle is going to be at Astronomicon. Steve.
1: Oh yeah. What yeah. what wrestlers, Steve?
0: Um, Scott Hall, I believe. And right. the other one that was in um, that group that was kind of, there were bad guys in the... Kevin Nash? Yeah, Nash. I'm pretty sure he's going to be there. Um, man. Oh, and the the kid. I mean, you know, not a kid anymore, obviously, but the kid from Goonies. Or I'm, I'm sorry, Zach. not Goonies. Uh, Gremlins. Zach. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's a lot. They've been listing so many uh, the last Daniel couple Harris. days. Daniel
2: Harris. Daniel Harris from Halloween 4 and 5. Nice. Oh yeah. Yeah, David Howard Thornton from uh, Terrifier. Has anybody seen Terrifier one and two?
0: No, I haven't. I- yeah, that,
2: man. Huh. Also, PJ Souls, man. So a lot of a lot of Halloween. Carry. actresses. PJ Souls from Carrie, Halloween. Um, yeah. Devils Rejects, Stripes. Yep. Rock and Roll yeah. High School. Scott Hall sean x pack kevin nash damian leon he was the director of terrifier and then zach galligan and of nice. course our good friend dirk manning
0: yeah, yeah. man yeah it's gonna be so great to hang out with Dirk. Yeah. we're gonna have to have some ice cream with him definitely Definitely. <laughs> very cool and uh aaron can sing some karaoke because Dirk is a that. serious karaoke yeah. singer he, very, he takes, gets, he takes it very seriously and he's very good really at like, seeing video yeah sweet heck yeah so we're gonna be there all weekend we have a table we're gonna have all of our merch all of our vinyl albums including new york ninja um and some surprise stuff some stuff that you've never seen before all kinds of fun cool stuff we'll be signing stuff and hanging out and telling stories we may even try to do like an episode of our podcast from there um i thought that'd be a cool idea just to kind of take it on the road and and have one you know, in the hustle bustle of uh, of Astronomicon Five, so that is April 22nd through 24th at Burton Manor in Livonia, Michigan. Then the other convention that we're going to be at this year so far is Motor City Nightmares. That is July 29th through the 31st at the uh, at the um, Sheraton Detroit Novi. Novi. Yep. That's right. Um, and we're
2: going to play that.
0: Yes, the, that that one, Motor City party Nightmares, we're playing, with, um, we're playing live with. We're playing live with the amino acids, so that's going to be really cool. So the the whole convention goes all day long, and then at about uh, maybe eight thirty at night or so, they open up this other ballroom, and there's a stage set up, and there's a bar, and it's a lot of fun, and there's a lot of the guests there and the stars there, and just patrons who who kind of buy a ticket to the after party, and there's a voyager 3 concert happening so it's going to be very fun so get your tickets to all these things and come and hang out we're going to have a great time yes indeed
2: yeah i'll never forget motor motor city nightmares we were playing the the after party and uh you know they were just like tom i was standing right next to tom atkins yeah and like you just don't even know what to say i was just like (laughs) so of course i did like the lamest thing possible i was just like I love all your movies. <laughs> and he's like, cool. And so anyways, yeah. Yeah. Motor City Nightmares is awesome.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
2: And it's it's topped off by the fact that we get to play at the end of the night.
0: And, uh, okay, so the last piece of business that I wanted to mention is a one on a little bit of a sad note, unfortunately, but uh, um, we just saw uh over the last couple of days that uh a absolutely phenomenally talented writer producer and director has passed away Ivan Reitman um responsible for so many outstanding films that um really are like the archetypal for modern comedies and and uh and, and, and for my like,
1: childhood totally
0: <laughs> pretty absolutely much. I, I I went looking at all the stuff that he did just to kind of remind myself and I mean, there's the obvious stuff, you know, we all know ghostbusters and um, stripes and uh, meatballs. but uh,
2: twins.
0: yeah, I, I love that as a kid, man. I, I saw twins. I loved it. <laughs> and yeah, also um, Kindergarten cop. I mean, who doesn't quote? Yeah. It's not a tuma, right? I mean it's God. not a tuma. <laughs> but um one super special connection for me that he did that I had no idea that he did this until I researched for this episode to have a little bit of stuff to talk about and you know remind myself exactly what he did. Did you guys know I mean I I, I know you don't know this, so I'm gonna I'm gonna let you know. One of my favorite eighties schlocky sci-fi films happens to be Space Hunter, Adventures in the Forbidden Zone. He I knew exec- you were
2: gonna say Space Hunter.
0: He executive produced that. So he I know he helped create that movie by you know by paying for it. So Holy yeah, moly, man. Put, yeah. Putting money up. Had Molly Ringwald in it. Um, and of course, um, Michael Ironside, at Ironside as the overdog. Uh, just so good, man. So, so good. Mike Hudson Ironside. was in it. Come on, man.
2: He's the best.
0: I know. Super good. So, yeah, he was responsible for bringing that movie to life. So, thank you. F- if if for nothing else, Ivan, for doing that. Because <laughs> I love that. I saw it at the theater. Loved it. You so, got another great. one to add what's that
2: as a lifelong Howard Stern fan he produced private parts nice so have you ever seen the Howard Stern
0: movie private
2: parts it's great
0: absolutely he produced heavy metal too. believe it or not
2: yep so yeah that's a that's a major blow his son doesn't his son does movies too right
0: yeah, his son was yeah. uh the, the the director for the um most recent Ghostbusters Afterlife. He he right. directed that. Um But he's
2: done some other stuff too that's pretty good. So
0: yeah, yeah I mean it's, he's acted too, I believe. Um all kind of all kind of stuff. He's been in the in the biz for a while now, you know, just taking after his father. But Jason uh, Reitman. Yeah. Seventy five anyway, is too young, Shout man.
1: out to Ivan Reitman, man. Yeah. But, Stripes I mean, is Stripes is one of my favorite comedies of all time, and it's one of the earliest comedies I remember seeing as a kid. Like when I was a little kid, it was the the funniest movies to me were the ones that had Saturday Night Live people. So, yeah. Neighbors, and, Stripes, yeah, Blues Brothers, Animal House those were the like those were the first comedies I ever attached to, and and so Stripes is a huge part of my childhood coming up.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's he had even responsible all the heavy hitters in
1: yeah. uh,
2: in stripes. Yeah. John yeah, Candy, sure. Harold Ramis, Bill Murray. I mean, come on. Yeah. Yeah. PJ Souls, We just mentioned PJ her. Souls. John lyric, yeah. John Sean Young. Everybody was in yeah. that movie.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. And you know, he didn't even rest on his laurels, in my opinion, either, because he was even responsible for some of like the transition into the newer era of comedies, like with Will Ferrell and stuff like that, because he was uh, a producer of old school. And another favorite comedy of mine is I Love You, Man. I know I've talked about that before on yep. this podcast. He's with Paul Rudd. And in my opinion, John Favreau steals that film with that one character and, and all his lines in there. It's just so good. So uh, that's more modern stuff that doesn't, uh, you know, live in the 80s and the in the early nineties and stuff. So he kept going and kept doing fresh stuff because those movies kind of pushed it into a new era to me. All right, fellas. Well, I think, I think that's um, all we have for this episode of V3 cast. We covered a lot of ground in this episode. So uh,
2: Aaron's stretching. He's so tired. That's
0: right. That's right. (laughs) That modello's kicking in, man. So let's recap it. We have a brand new, Dario Argento film coming out soon, okay, and Neri uh, and Shudder gets the uh, exclusive streaming rights to that, so you'll be able to watch it on streaming if you don't have it at a theater near you. And uh, the New York Ninja Mondo variant sold out uh, in, in, uh, in five days. We have a Shuriken silver cassette for sale in our store that you can get. There's still copies of that left. And uh, we went over our in our opinion, uh, an un- unsung, unappreciated, underrated, maybe, uh, movie scenes or monologues. And, uh, let us know yours in the comments. If you have one that you think belongs in that category, uh, we
2: gave out a secret discount code, but you have to watch the whole episode to get it. We're not going to give it out during
0: the recap. That's right. What Greg said, that's, a, that's an excellent point. We also talked about Ivan Reitman passing away, rest in peace, Ivan. And thank you for all the great movies. That you directed or wrote or produced or all three so that does it for this episode of v3 cast the official voyager 3 podcast we'll see everybody soon